Well, we're going to get in the Word just for a, a, a few moments. If you have your Bibles, get your Bibles out. And we're going to go to probably a chapter and a prophet and a hero you've never thought of. His name is Amos. Now, not to be mistaken from famous Amos, Cookie. This is a different Amos. How many of ever had famous Amos cookies? They're, they're good, by the way. Amos is in the Old Testament, and the scripture that we're going to look at today is really in your sermon notes, so you, just, you can just follow along and just read that one verse of scripture. It's about eight or nine chapters, but we're going to look at uh, just one verse out of Amos, and we're going to look at what he would say to us today. Now, remember, we're in a year-long series on heroes. What would these men and women say to us if they were to run one lap? about life. What would they say to us about running the race of life? And what a great series has been. I mean, great unsung heroes and, and men and women in the Bible that we can look to for inspiration and hope and encouragement. And Amos has got something to say to us today. Amos was an unlikely hero. He was a, he was a shepherd. So watch this. This guy didn't go to Bible school. This guy didn't go to the highest of uh, theological institutions. He wasn't raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. His parents didn't go to Bible school. He didn't go to Bible school. He was a poor shepherd. I like that. He wasn't a politician. He didn't fancy dress. He, he, he didn't dress fancy. He didn't, he didn't look the part. He wasn't polished. He grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. And God chose an unlikely hero by the name of Amos to challenge people at Pine Castle today. You see, during this period of Israel's history, the children of Israel had become hardened in their hearts. They were, they were mistreating the poor. They were selling poor people to rich people. They were, they were drunk in their excessiveness and their money. And God chose an unlikely hero from the other side of the tracks, didn't have a PhD to his name, didn't have a degree, but God chose Amos to speak a prophetic word to the children of Israel and to you and to me. I love his name. His name means burdened. Hmm. He didn't like what he was seeing. He didn't like what was going on. He didn't like that, 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 that the church, who was supposed to be full of mercy and, just, and justice, was mistreating the poor people, and he didn't like the fact that people had become drunk on the economic success of what was going on. The bills were paid, life was good, money in the bank, and the Bible says that Amos was burdened. See, what I like about the prophets is, is they are men and women who feel the pulse of God. They feel the heartbeat of, of the Holy Spirit and they speak the truth and they speak with passion. 
I love the prophets because they don't have to be polished. They just have to be obedient. And Amos was an obedient vessel from the other side of the tracks that showed up and he spoke a word to God's people. And if we were wise, we would pay attention to what Amos said because it was out of this burden that Amos speaks a prophetic word to the children of Israel, Judah. And he spoke with passion and he was burdened with what was going on. How many of you are here today and you can identify with being burdened about what's going on around you? How many know there's a lot to be burdened about in our country, in our world? There's a lot to be concerned about. And I believe Amos' burden ought to be our burden because it's God's burden. And God uses prophets and prophetesses to speak a word and sometimes it's shocking. And sometimes it comes from people that aren't qualified. But it just amazes me that God can use people like the poor shepherd Amos to show up and be a, be a voice for change in the children of Israel. So if Amos were to talk with us today, if he were to share one bit of wisdom for, for us today at Pine Castle, he would say this, be sure as you run the race of life, as you navigate through your years here on this earth, be sure that you hear and you understand the voice of God. That's what he would say to us. That would be his message. That would be his one life message to Pine Castle and the church. Be sure that you recognize God's voice and you obey the voice of God. So look in your Bible, look in your notes, and we're going to look at this today. If you're with me, let me hear a big amen. It's found in Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Watch what he says here. The days are coming. The days are coming. They may not be here now, but the days are coming. What is he doing? He's warning us. He's challenging us. Get ready. Something's getting ready to happen, and the days are coming, says the prophet Amos. Declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Now, when you think of famine, what do you think of? I think of going to Publix and the shelves are empty. I think of going to Costco and not being able to order what you want to order. I think of ships parked in the middle of the Gulf and the Pacific, unable to make their way to the shelves. I think of people going hungry, people going thirsty, people dying when I think of famine. And here is Amos. Now, remember, his, his name means burdened. He says, church, the days are coming. And, and don't get mad at me because I'm not the one saying this. This is from the sovereign Lord. That's what he says. The sovereign Lord declares to you today that the days are coming. Where I'm going to send a famine. Now watch this. Who sends the famine? God sends the famine. Can I challenge your theology here just for a few moments? There are things that you have blamed the devil for that he doesn't have the power to do. You're giving the enemy credit 
for something that he doesn't have the power to do. God sometimes in your life will send a famine to get your attention. And maybe it's good that we go to Publix and the shelves are empty. Maybe it's good that we can't go online and then instantly click and get something and we're upset that we can't get it in three days. Maybe it's good that sometimes it's going to take a week or four months or a year. Maybe it's good that you go to Publix and you find out that they don't have everything you're looking for. Because God sometimes will send a famine and it's the sovereign Lord orchestrating these events to get your attention. Quit giving the enemy credit for something that he can't do. God sends the famine. Now watch this. I'm sending a famine. Not a famine of food or thirst of water. Watch this. But a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. See, this is, this is way more serious than you get not getting your bread and eggs and milk. See, this is not a famine of just, you know, you, you, you go to Wendy's and and you can't get your double stack with supersized fries. <laughs> Poor Pine Castle. <laughs> See, this is way more serious than you pulling up to McDonald's and not being able to get what you want to get right when you want to get it. This is a famine, and it's a famine of people not hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Now watch this. I'm not going to be long today, but it's going to be eternal. Amos would say to us today with a burdened heart, there's a famine coming. And the most critical thing that you can do during this famine is to make sure that you hear and understand the word of the Lord. Make sure that you hear his voice. Make sure that you understand when God is speaking and you become obedient to that word. Nothing is more valuable in the midst of a famine than you recognizing the voice of the Lord. It's priceless. It's more valuable than your 401K. It's more valuable than your investments. It's more valuable than gold and silver than for you and I to hear the word of the Lord. And not only hear his word, but obey the word that we hear. And if you reckon, are you all with me this morning? If you hear God's voice and you know God's voice and you obey God's voice, that will get you through any famine that we face. It's more valuable than gold, more valuable than silver, more valuable than Bitcoin, recognizing and hearing the voice of God. Now, I've given you a present today. In fact, I'm going to come, ushers are going to come right now and you guys are going to be so blessed because I'm going to, I'm going to bless you with another gift from Pastor Scott. Here they come. Look at these ushers. These guys are Johnny on the spot. Everyone, are you going to get a gift today? So go ahead, uh, uh, ushers, and, and pass these out down the aisle. You're going to get a little, a little baggy. 
Winn-Dixie had these. There's not a famine of, of sandwich bags. So we got sandwich bags. And inside these sandwich bags is a, is a small gift from me to you today, and I want you to just hang on to these. This is what I call a low-budget, high-impact illustration here today. For $8.77, I'm able to bless each and every single one of you with a little bag with ear swabs in the bag. Do not clean your ears as I'm preaching to you. Keep the ear swabs in the bag until you get home. I had to say that. Thank God I didn't give you floss because some of you guys would. Hang on to this as a reminder. It's a cheap reminder. And I put in there a verse of scripture from Samuel that says, speak to me, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now watch this. Ear swabs clean your ears so that you can hear. And what we need at Pinecastle and around the world and in our country is men and women who do not have clogged ears but are hearing what God is saying. So just as in the natural these things help to clean your ear canal out, God wants us to have a clear ear so that we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Can I get an amen? A hokey reminder that on Wednesday you will remember what we talked about on Sundays. A simple ear swap with the scripture. Speak to me, God, for your servants listening. Let me give you ten what I believe are, are obstacles to, to, to hearing the voice of God. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this right from the get-go. I'm not going to comment on every single one of these. I've given you scriptures, and if you want to get a little bit deeper, you can get into it. I'm just going to go through these real quickly. I'm going to talk about a few, and then we're going to end the service uh, in, a, in, in a different way today. Because Amos is burdened, and I believe the Spirit of God is burdened, and he wants more than anything for God's people to recognize and hear his voice. So let's talk about the obstacles to hearing the voice of God. Number one, the first obstacle to hearing the voice of God is valuing the voices of others. See, Psalms 1 says that you and I can be planted by streams of living water. And the Bible says that we are blessed. Blessed is the man who, watch this, who doesn't value the voice of others, but he values the word of God. See, the first obstacle to hearing God's voice is we value other people's voices more than God's. So I want to challenge you today. What you see and hear on TV should not be your greatest value. Those are other voices, and God wants us to follow and recognize his voice, the voice of the good shepherd. You've got friends that you value more than what God says. That's not good. You get on social media, and you're spending seven hours a week on social media Valuing other people's voices, but what about the voice of God? See, the first obstacle to hearing the voice of God is you cannot value other people's voices more than God. Can I get an amen? amen. Number two, second obstacle to, to, to hearing God's voice is 
misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. We've got to make sure that as believers that we place the highest priority on being in tune with what God is saying in these days. If we're really going to face a famine, that's got to be the first thing that we wake up in the morning thinking about. God, are my priorities in place? God, is my life in order? God, am I in a position to clearly hear your voice? Help me, God, not to get my priorities out of place. Help me to make sure that I have got my priorities in the right order so that I can hear your voice. And sometimes we just get out of whack and we value other people's voices and we got misplaced priorities. And before you know it, we're not hearing and recognizing and obeying the voice of God. You got to have your priorities in place. Number three, I think sometimes one of the obstacles to hearing God's voice is we make it too complicated. Now, church. Every single one of you are qualified to hear the voice of God. Stop making it so complicated. It's not that hard. It's really rather simple. And you've got to make it more simple. How many of you are believers? Let me see your hand. How many of you are followers of Jesus Christ? The Bible says that if you are a child of God, that you can recognize and, and, and obey and hear the voice of the good shepherd. Stop making it so complicated. It's rather simple. But the enemy loves to just complicate things for us and make it harder than it really is. It's really rather simple. Stop making it so complicated. You know, I was, I was um, this past week, I was... Uh, I was, many of you know, I started, I started painting about two years ago. Really, since Austin's accident, I started painting. And I know it's really weird, but I find pieces of wood at the beach or at the golf course or whatever, and I turn them into artwork and I paint fish. So I'll come to my office. I've got several of them. Tammy doesn't want them at, at the house anymore, so I've got them all at my office. <laughs> and I don't know. I think they're pretty good. But if you want to see my fish, come by my office. We'll, uh, we'll talk fishing. So, so um at night, instead of watching TV, I spend a lot of time painting. So I was painting the other day. It's like a Tuesday night of this week. And I'm painting, and I just heard clearly the voice of God say to me, call Brandon in Idaho and, and remind him that my faithfulness is great. That's all I got. Now watch this. I didn't try to read into that. I didn't try to understand it. I didn't try to make it make sense. I've come to the place now, I'm, I'm 60, where I'm just going to make it simple and not make it complicated. And I thought, I could have thought, this is kind of weird. I haven't talked to Brandon in a couple days. Brandon is my fly fishing buddy. We go fly fishing every year. I could have thought, oh, what's he going to think? That's kind of odd. That's kind of weird. Why are you making me do this? So, when I hear that voice, I simply learn to obey. I'm not perfect. I blow it more times than I make it right. But on this case, I was painting, minding my own business, and the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, call Brandon up and tell him that my faithfulness is great. Now, that is kind of weird, I admit, until you find out what happened when I did it. So I pick up the phone as I'm painting. Brandon, this is Scott. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? We'll talk fishing a little bit. I said, Brandon, you're going to think this is weird. But I was painting, minding my own business here in Orlando, and God told me to call you up 
and remind you that his faithfulness is great. And I started singing, great is thy faithfulness to him. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And I obeyed. And there was a long silence on the other end of the phone. I knew it was getting ready to happen. It was a God thing. He said, dude, you love Randy. He's great. He goes, dude, I was at Bible study today, and that was the topic of God's faithfulness. He said, I can't believe you're calling me tonight at 7 a.m. this morning. We talked about the faithfulness of God, and here it is, 9 o'clock at night, and a guy from Orlando is calling me singing, great is thy faithfulness. That's weird. But you know what? It's not weird because I've learned not to make it complicated. And as you, every single one of you, I believe, and I'm praying for this week, that God's going to drop in your spirit a word. And you're going to hear it, and you're going to be faithful enough to simply obey. Don't worry about the results. Don't worry about people, what they're going to think of you. Don't worry about your reputation. You see, God is speaking, and there's a famine coming, and it's going to be a famine, not of food and water. It's going to be a famine of, of people not hearing the word of the Lord. So don't make it complicated because it's really rather very simple. Hear it and simply obey. And when you do, incredible things happen. You can minister to your friends. You can minister to your family. You can just be a beautiful servant of God, hearing the voice of God because we don't make it complicated. How many are still with me? Let me hear a big amen. amen. Number four, unhealthy dependency on others. An unhealthy dependency on others. Now watch this. I don't want you dependent on me to hear God for you. It's not good. If there's a mentality that creeps in, well, I don't I don't have to hear God. I'll just I'll just show up to Pine Castle. And I'll just I'll just wait for God to speak through Pastor Scott. That's unhealthy. It's not wise. You can't depend on me to hear God for you. You can't depend on TV preachers to be the vehicle that God uses to speak to you. Now, will God use me? Absolutely. In spite of me, he'll use me. And in spite of the TV preachers that are on TV, I'm not against them. I'm just saying that we can't develop an unhealthy relationship that we are depending on other people to speak to us on the Lord's behalf. Make sure that you are every day trying your very best to say, God, just speak to you. I need to hear you, Lord. Got a lot going on this week. A lot happened in my life. Lord, I need to hear you. Let's, let's make sure we don't have an unhealthy dependency on other people. Number five, false expectations. Remember the story of Elijah? He called down fire from heaven. He was out on the mountain. And the Bible says that God spoke and it wasn't in the fire 
It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the wind. But it was in a small, still voice. Sometimes we have expectations of how we think God is going to speak to us. Open your spirit. Open your mind and say, God, speak to me. I want to hear your small, still voice. And don't depend on things the way God spoke in the past because he may shift things on a little bit and speak in a new way. It's not in the wind. It's not in the earthquake. It's not in the fire. It's in the small, still voice. Are you all with me? I have found that God whispers and he's very soft. I have found that he speaks to me just very short and very quick, and very soft. And you've got to develop an ear to hear it because we live in a loud world. We live in a very busy world. And sometimes we have expectations that are false, thinking that God is going to speak in a way that he spoke before. Make sure that you are in tune and you're hearing. You guys have ear swabs? Yeah, yeah. Let's use them to make sure that God, we're not putting God in a box and we're limiting how God's going to speak to us. It may not be in the wind. It may not be in the fire. It may not be in the earthquake. It's going to be in a small, still voice. You know how else I hear God? God asks a lot of questions. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. He asks questions. To Adam and Eve, where are you? He'll ask you questions, and that's the way God speaks. Be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Number six, real quickly, low self-esteem. People don't think that they can hear God. Well, that's what we pray the preacher for. We pray the preacher to hear God and people just don't have a good self-esteem believing that God can speak to them. God can speak to you just like he speaks to me. Believe that you are a child of God. And as a good father, he speaks to his children. You qualify and you have all the qualifications necessary to hear the voice of God. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you got it all together. But you qualify to hear God's voice. Raise your expectation. Raise your self-esteem in Christ. That in Christ Jesus, he's qualified you to hear his voice. Can I get an amen? Number seven, quickly. Too many distractions. Too many distractions. You look in that story, Luke 10 there, that's the story of Martha and Mary. See, you're either a Mary or a Martha. Watch this. Mary listened and she sat at the feet of God. Watch this. Martha was too busy with all of the preparations and having Jesus come to the house. And the Bible says she was distracted with many things. Watch this. Martha's name means rebellion. Hmm. When you get distracted with too many things, it's rebellion in the sight of God. God wants us to let go, not become distracted and be more like Mary and sit at the feet of God than Martha busy preparing for Jesus to come. It's rebellion. Here's the best way that you can avoid distractions. Here it is. Watch this. Learn to say no. Let's all say that together. Ready? One, two, three. No. Oh, oh no, just, just no, Molly. Just no. Here we go. Let's, let's try it again. You guys are distracted. 
At the count of three, we're going to say no. Ready? One, two, three. No. No. You don't have to do everything that is asked of you. Now, there's a balance. Some of y'all need to say yes. Because you haven't done squat in years. My staff paid me to say that today. But some of you just need to say no. And you know what? I think there's people that get a lot of self-esteem by pleasing other people. Doing things that they shouldn't be doing so that they they can get an attaboy and a pat on the back and feel good about themselves. You don't have to do everything that people ask you to do. Learn to say no. Don't become distracted. Don't become like Martha, rebellious. Because in your activity to please God, you're actually rebelling against God because you're not like Mary listening to what Jesus says to us. Don't allow your self-esteem to be the motivation for what you do. Let your motivation come from sitting and being quiet and being still and listening. Can I get an amen? Number eight, holding on to tradition. Now listen, let me me say this. The best way for you to hear God's voice is to know his word. This is the major vehicle that God uses to speak to us. But God uses other ways as well. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through prophets and prophetesses. He speaks in many ways. And what we have to be careful is that we don't hold on to the traditional way that we think God speaks to us. It's really true. Many of you know a couple years ago when Austin had his accident, um, God started to speak to me in a way that I had never, ever comprehended. It was through the hymns of the church. You remember that. We spent all last year on hymns, the hymns of the church. For whatever reason, you could send me a scripture and, 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 and I don't understand it. It fell flat for what I was going through. But when I tapped into the hymns of the church and I listened to, oh, it is well with my soul. Great is thy faithfulness. Those things ministered to me. Now watch this. I'm not saying that that they are more important than God's word. Obviously not. But those writers use God's word and their personal hardship to speak to me. And I embrace that new way of God speaking as God communicating to me in my situation. Does that make sense? Every hymn that was written was written out of hardship. And it was written as a gift to you and to me so that 100 years later, 200 years later, 300 years later, those words would resonate as God speaking through that writer to me in my situation. And I wasn't holding on to the traditional way of I thought the way God was going to speak. And I was open to a new way of God speaking to me through the scriptures that were written in the hymnals of the church. Don't hold on to a tradition. Because God may surprise you. Number eight, you still with me? 
Ashlyn, if you'll come up and, and, and play, a, play a good hymn. Number nine, here's an obstacle to hearing God's voice. Closed ears and open mouths. Oh, boy. Have you ever met someone who talks too much? You, you probably think I talk too much. Have you ever met someone who talks too much and they dominate the conversation? Do you know that when you do all the talking, that means you do little learning? And the best way to hear God is for you to close your mouth and open your ears. So I love you, but I'm here to tell you today, shut your mouth. God's telling me to tell you, when your mouth is moving, you're not hearing and you're not learning. Don't dominate the conversation when you spend time with him doing all the talking. How about this week? We go in, whatever time we invest in, in, in spending time with God, we do less talking and more listening. And by, by the way, that's scriptural, James so everyone should be quick to listen, slow to what? Slow to speak. You don't have to get your words in talking to God. How about this? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Here I am. I'm listening. Got a lot going on. I got a lot of things to complain about. I got a lot of things on my list. But here I am. I'm listening. Speak to me. And we close our mouths. And we open our ears. That's the best way to hear God's voice. That's what God wants us to do today. And then number 10, quickly, hardened hearts. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, those things do nothing but clog your ears. And they clog your heart. They cause you to have a hard heart, unable to hear the voice of God. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to end today's service in a unique way. We're going to spend the next few moments being quiet and listening to God. You're not going to listen to me. I'm going to stop talking. Ashlyn is not going to sing. She's going to play. She's not going to sing. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to spend, can you do this? Five minutes. Everybody go like this. How many can give God five minutes? We'll still beat the Baptist to lunch. But if you give God five minutes, that's enough time for God to speak to you. Now watch this. We've got kneelers here at the front. They're cushioned. You can come to the front and kneel if you want. If you want to kneel where you're seated, you can kneel. If you want to sit there, you can sit, but let's spend five minutes saying, God, I know there's a famine coming. God, I know that Amos was burdened about Pine Castle hearing God's voice. Here I am. Would you please speak to me? Say something to me. Help me to open my ears so that I can hear you today. So today's service is concluded. I'm asking you. God's asking you. Amos is asking you, give him five minutes. Give him five minutes and ask God, 
to speak to you because there, there's a famine coming. There's nothing more important than hearing the voice of God. So I invite you now in the balcony, online, in the sanctuary here today, come forward if you like, kneel if you like. Let's cry out like Samuel. Lord, speak to me today for your servant is listening. God bless you. We'll see you next week.